Before the show starts, we have an announcement to make. For you readers out there, we will be releasing a Coach Your Brains Out book this year. It includes lessons we've learned from the podcast and all our amazing guests, along with our own experiences as coaches and players. We think you'll find it helpful, and we're excited for you to read it soon. We'll have more info and details about the book as we get closer to its release. Thanks, and now on with the show. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out. Today, we are thrilled to have on the show national championship winning coach, patron, and a sweet sweet mate of mine, Kevin Hamley. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Happy to be on, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. I'm just going to come come out with the, the heavy-hitting question. Kevin, what's it like winning a national championship? <laughs> uh, yeah. I said I mean, we wouldn't uh, talk about that. We I know, totally. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Uh, I think it was really cool for about uh, two hours, and then it was like not much changed. We're still the same people, and you know, we just get back to work. And I, I think the only part that I really, really enjoyed was watching the players celebrate. And um, you know, I think Mary, who is in our, our suite mate as well, my wife, Mary, um, literally that night we're grabbing a drink and I was talking about next year. And she's like, will you just freaking enjoy this for a little while? And it, I just can't. I'm just on to the next thing and on to the next year. But I think for the players and all they sacrifice, <laughs> I enjoyed watching them. Uh, and that was, you know, they, they've, they've sacrificed a lot to make that happen. And it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, then moving on to the, the topic today is student athlete welfare. And um, it's something that, you know, I've learned a lot from you uh, regarding and um, excited to, to dig in, into it with you. What are some of the things that you do at Stanford uh, from a coaching or, or, or a whole program perspective for, for student athlete welfare? Well, there's a, there's a few parts that we hit it. I think uh, one is that I try to meet with the girls once every two weeks and hang out and have a conversation uh, and just check on them and see how they're doing. I think we do some um, from a checking on just how they're doing from a stress and anxiety level. We do three levels of monitoring that we do every single day where uh, we send them surveys and they fill them out. Um, and we can talk about any of these more if you guys want to. And then the third level is that we really are really serious about load and monitoring load. And we're fortunate to have some pretty good uh, wearables that help us a lot with that. But I, I think all three of those, like we're looking at the physical aspect, we're looking at the stress aspect and then, I just want them to know that I care about them. And like I try to hit all three of those as much as we possibly can. Yeah, so what would be maybe some questions that would be in that survey? So the the morning survey we ask, um, well, first off, we ask how much they slept and how, how, was, how was the quality of their sleep. Um, we do an HRV, which checks uh, heart rate variability, which is this monitor thing that we have that we, um, we, that we can do on their phones. We check their HRV so we get a seek and how they're recovering as we as we look at that over time. Um, we ask them how difficult is their day moving forward? How, how difficult do they think their day is? Um, how stressed are they academically? How stressed are they from a family uh, and social aspect? You know, things like that. And then, um, yeah, and then that's, and then that's, we have that monitoring. And then when they show up to practice, we ask how in control of their day were they? We ask, um, how did your day go? We ask again, how's your academics, how's your stress level? 
Uh, and we ask, did you get a nap? Are you fueled? Things like that. And then at the end, it's all about load. And um, we look at some global RP stuff. So we ask how hard was practice and how did you perform today and things like that. So those all three of those that we that we look at. Kevin, we've talked about how there's like the immediate touch point. You know, if you see someone who's super stressed on that particular day, you can check in. Have, but have there been any sort of long-term um, trends or changes that you've noticed as it relates to performance and well-being when you go back and look at all that data? Well, I, I, I think um, when I started to actually pay attention to it, when we started to do it, which is a bunch of years ago, like 2000, 2011, we started doing all this stuff. Um, I, I saw that that there was a direct correlation to how stressed they were and uh, injuries and performance and how they perceived their performance and all that. And a lot of the noise, and there was a lot of uh, indicators of if they're, you know, we had injuries earlier around um, when they had midterms or when they had finals and all that. If we pushed them too hard or we did things, uh, we loaded them up a little bit or added a lot more stress as far as trying to add things to what we're trying to teach them is like maybe a new system piece or um, some kind of wrinkle we wanted at. If we added that at the wrong times, we saw injuries kind of take place. And so, uh, you know, the, the key is trying to get all the, keep all the players on the floor. That's one part of it. And the other one is hopefully that they're healthy and happy and they enjoy what they're doing. And so, yeah, we definitely saw some correlations or some, I don't know if they're correlations. There was, uh, you know, it's hard to say what the, the causation or correlation or just some relationships of if they're stressed, they're struggling uh, and, and they're injured. And, uh, and that we wanted to kind of monitor that to see if we can kind of get ahead of it a little bit and find things that can, that can um, make them less stressed, I guess. I think, that's, I think that answers the question you're asking. And, yeah, totally. And the, the girls were good about doing it throughout the season? Uh, I know it is Stanford. Yeah. At Northridge, that would, be, that would stress me out, just that survey. Well, I, I think when they find – you know, at first I think they were a little curious why, and so we talked about what we're looking for. You know, when you ask them, like, how much you're sleeping – the one, you know, that gets a little bit dicey because it's a Friday, it's Saturday morning and we're doing the survey <laughs> and they're, you know, and it's a, it's a random wind, it's a random like a uh, winter uh, Friday and they're going, you know, what are you looking for here? Are you trying to catch me going out or what? And it's, you know, and so there's, there's no judgment in what they put. And most of our Stanford kids, it's, it's more about, um, it's more about this, they're studying and they're doing the things like that and they're staying up writing a paper or doing a project. But in Illinois, I had, you know, I, I explained the same thing and we, we started at illinois and i had no backlash i think they, they are curious about how we're going to use it how we're going to use the information but most of they're like hey you really care about me and you know when they would talk to recruits or they talk to other parents or they talk to administration you know the actual interviews and all that they all of them brought that up of just like hey look kevin is trying to figure out ways that he cares and what, what you do with the information is important like how you follow up if i got all over him for not sleeping enough and started yelling at him like one of our athletes that we share, uh, Andrew and I, sleeps has the worst sleep um, patterns I've ever seen. And I just, you know, we, we try to educate her. But at the same time, if that's how she wants to live her life and that's what she wants to do, we talk about here's some of the issues that she could potentially have. Um, but I just let her continue to sleep poorly because we, we just look at it as an opportunity to educate. And if I did it, I hammered her. I think that I wouldn't get honest answers on those surveys and we wouldn't actually get the data that we need or the data that we want to help look out for them. Um, and so it's all about how you how you use that data and how you um, communicate that what you're seeing in that data to the athletes. Uh, that start that comes with the before you start doing the surveys and then when you get the information from the surveys. I think the education piece is really important in how you frame it and then what you do with that data later because it can go you can take it and I think it can go a really bad direction if you're not 
uh, if there's a lot of judgment in the, in the information, if you're judging the athletes based on the information they're getting. So you mentioned you you want to show the athletes that that you care about them. And wondering why why is that something that's important to you? Well, I think for me as a coach, I am extremely dry. I can be a little bit sarcastic, and I can come off like a jerk in practice quite a bit because I'm just super honest. Uh, and that's about efficiency for me. It's not about trying to be, you know, like a meathead and get all of them. I just, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be honest. And I, I, I've found for me, if they know that I care about them, then they don't look at it as like, this guy is always a jerk to me. They're, he's like, I actually know this guy on a personal level. And he knows me. This is about efficiency. And this is just about him being honest because he wants to see me be a, a better player. And so it, it just keeps things it keeps things light in the in practice because because I they know that I care and so I can say what I need to say to them and I, I am not one that's like there's not a lot of I, if I'm angry I'm not cussing them out I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff and I'm not a big yeller I'm just really honest and I think that can come across to athletes that don't know me like all of our freshmen they they don't know what to do with me because they're just not used to being talked to that open and honest and so I I have found that if I if they know I care about them that I can coach them up the way that I can coach up I, I want to coach them up and that we could have some success. Do you adjust your feedback depending on your relationship with them, like say a freshman versus senior? Uh, I, yeah, it just gets a lot lighter and easier when they're old. Um, so I'm more cautious, but I, I'm always honest. I might try to, I might frame it a little bit different or like talk to them and make sure that they understand what I'm saying. But like with Tammy Alade, who was our senior last year, I mean, she would say something and I'd just be like, I mean, I was just so blatantly honest with her. And she'd just be like, thanks. And there was no, there was no issue in that ever. And it, there was no, like, he's angry at me or there's judgment. He's just always like, she's just always say, you right, Kevin. Like, All right, I'm on it. Let's go. And it was, and I, that's usually how it feels for me, which is really hard because the first year I took over and at Stanford, I mean, they were all freshmen for me and no one knew what to do with me. And I, I was, I mean, I could see it was, it was, it was heavy in the gym and they were nervous. You talk about being nervous in the gym. I think there was a little level of nervousness in the gym that I was not used to because I was used to having some modeling going on how this relationship and how this communication can go when you have seniors and juniors. And so um, it was nice to get into this year where I felt like I could be myself and they could be themselves. And we all knew we were, that we were all on the same page as far as from a care perspective. And was there any, uh, was there a specific event or anything that led you to start thinking more about the player welfare or learning about the subject? Yeah, for sure. So 2010, so when I was in Illinois, I, we, my wife and I went there in 04 and there was work to be done. Like it was, we had to get this thing going and we had to, it was, most of it was recruiting and things were moving in the right direction. In 2010, um, I had the number three class in the country coming and everyone returning. And we, we started out the season and we played Nebraska and we played Texas and we played Penn State and we were beating everybody. and We were barely losing sets. And we were, it was the best team that I had at Illinois without a doubt. But about, uh, I don't know, 12 to 14 matches into this season. Uh, and I, I was trying to be careful to keep this team healthy. And I was trying to be light with them and just making sure we didn't work them too hard. We had, we had two injuries and we had a kid have to leave the team, uh, had to take a leave of absence because of, because of uh, psychological issues. And when you have the two injuries are both ACL tears. And I turned to my trainer um, about when the second ACL tear came and I said, you know, we can blame strength and conditioning. We can blame athletic training. We can, there's like, which I hear a lot of coaches do. But I, I looked at him like, I blame myself. Like, I have to be better. We have to look at this. And so we started him. Uh, his name is Randy Ballard. He's actually the director of performance at Illinois now. Myself, um, Steve Oldenburg, 
and then several professors, a kinesiology professor, a guy that was doing that was doing actually heading up the research for concussion um, protocols with with the Ivy League and the Big Ten. I was just I reached out to these guys and I said, "Hey, I need help." And we started just sharing all kinds of articles and just studying, like just trying to figure out what's the best practices to keep a team healthy. And so, I mean, Andrew asked me, like, hey, what articles have some impact on you? I went back through my file. I have it on a hard drive. I have 110 articles that we looked at. And it was from everything from locus to control to anxiety and stress and performance to HRV to overtraining, undertraining. I mean, you just go down the gamut of it, um, ACL prevention, all of that. We just looked at all of it and just tried to build this model that was because the model didn't exist for us. We looked around. We couldn't find a model that existed. So we tried to build this model that made sense to us and then it, we just adjusted and and um and it's it, it kind of became what i what i brought with me to stanford which has also evolved a little bit as well because the technologies have gotten better so 2010 that whole season was the event that that started me looking at this a lot harder because here i had this chance we thought to win the national championship and because of our lack of knowledge about how to keep players healthy we missed that opportunity and those opportunities don't come all the time i mean you got to take advantage of them when they come and is there any recent research that you've added to that um, since 2010? Any changes in, in the research you've seen? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we looked at that we've been looking at is acute versus chronic loading. Uh, we have this really cool um, wearable. It's called Connexon, and it, it monitors load. You know, it's hard about, like, everyone uses the vert for looking at load. They look at jumps a lot. And when I, when I, got, to, when I got to Stanford, they were, they were trying to stand under 100 jumps, which I think is this common kind of, thing i i told i told um, nina i remember i think andrew you were there but i told nina we're going to get to 250 300 jumps but we're going to do it the right way and to do it the right way you got to look at acute versus chronic so you want to look at 28 day period of load and you want to look at a then you want to look at the seven day period of load and you divide the seven by the 28 and you want to stay within a certain range that range being if you're if you're gonna if you're looking to taper the lowest you want to go is a a 0.8 i hope that makes sense and then the highest you want to go is like a 1.4. So acute over chronic 1.4 uh, is the highest you want to go. And so, you know, when you're looking at load for, and you're using just vert, you're counting jumps, then you're looking at, you know, if you're doing hundred jumps, the most you'd want to do is 140 average for the next week. If that's how that would kind of look as you try to build that. The problem with, with vert and nothing against the product, it's a great product, but you don't get your, you don't get your outsides passing and hitting and playing defense and playing six rotations and all that movement. You don't get anything from your, from your Wii ones, from your liberos and your DSs. And so to, to one thing we had catapult before, and then we got this connects on, which is amazing. And we just looked at, we looked at acute versus chronic load. And there's been a lot of research about that and like, what should that ratio be? And that's, that's been a lot of our focus um, here over the last six months. Is that the official these, term now? We ones? <laughs> that's the official term in my gym oh, time, i like yeah. that i hadn't yeah. heard that one i like yeah that. it's a term of endearment for <laughs> sure <laughs> um kevin what what do you think coaches can do to to monitor their their programs without the resources of a, yeah. of a stanford or, or a big program like that well there's a there's a this thing called global rp which is based on uh, so what we have is a lot of objective load that's going on and that's, that has some, that has value, but we also keep track of our global RP. And so what that is basically is 
you ask the athletes and you, you tell them like, this is to help you stay healthy and you've got to frame it the right way. But you ask the athletes, how hard was practice today? And then there's an equation you can put it in. You can find it on the website. And I, you know, I, I should have looked that up and had it for you guys, but you can, you look it up on Google, you'll be able to find it pretty quick. But you, you multiply that by the amount of time that practice is and you get this number. And if you just do that, you can look at load. And one of the things I brought up is to this group, my performance group is what we called it. We had, at this time, we had actually a sports psychologist on staff and another psychologist. And I was like, hey, look, but I, I don't care about the global RP because there's so much noise in that. There's, there's stress and there's anxiety. I want this objective measure so we can really see what load is because I don't trust my athletes all the time. And then one of the guys said, you are missing the point that, th that what they feel is way more important and is the reason that they would be injured uh, more like the noise, meaning stress and anxiety and all those kind of is that's the reason why you do global RP. And that's the reason why global RP is more important. So in the whole scheme of things that, that just that, that little metric and having the players just write down how hard it was practiced, you know, put it on the whiteboard or write it on my clipboard or whatever can, and you look, start to look at acute and chronic loading based on that uh, could have a big impact. That's, that's how I think from a low standpoint, that's important. But I think from a, the more important standpoint is just, talking to your athletes and listening to them. And uh, I mean, I think that's the, the thing that I do best with the athletes. I don't, when we, we meet, I try not to talk very much. I try to just ask questions and listen. And them just listening reduces their stress. Them, uh, excuse me, me listening to them talk about what they're going through, whether it's academically, whether it's volleyball standpoint, whether it's boyfriends or um, parents or whatever it is. And just listening to them has had a huge impact on them just, uh, I don't know, just feeling healthier and feeling like they could come to me when they have issues or being honest with me in the gym. Like, look, I'm not feeling it today. Can we, can we modify this so I can, so I can get through this? I, I like, I love that open, that open, uh, honesty from them. Uh, and I think everyone can do those two things no matter what team you're on. Yeah. And just to, to clarify for listeners, uh, global RPE, RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. Totally. So if you're, yeah. if you're Googling that, um, yeah, and Kevin, I remember when you first got to Stanford, um, you know, just kind of paying attention to what your daily habits were. I was thinking to myself, like, where, where is this guy? He's just down yeah. in Jimmy V's all day. What is he doing? Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you were literally like meeting with every student athlete for like hours a day. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we go anywhere from a half hour to an hour, depending on how long they want. And, you know, that's hard because it puts more stress on me to get through our scouting and all that stuff. But Every single coach that I've ever worked with would say that's the most important thing yeah. that I do. Is those yeah, meetings. It's, it's rocket fuel. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's funny just thinking about like knowing your athletes and having that conversation and then being like honest with you. Um, we have a new coach uh, for USA Volleyball with Tyler Hildebrand, and he's been sending out texts in the morning because um, it's been you know pouring rain just to see if people are still on for. Yeah. Uh, practice and nobody wants to say no <laughs> and he's like he, right he can't get an answer from anybody because they don't want to be the first one to cancel um it's kind of it's kind of funny um, yeah well, i i find that with the freshmen that they don't want to be honest about it and, and you know you know when they're not being honest i'm like how you doing i remember one freshman i'm like how you doing and she was absolutely on the struggle bus i mean it was there's no doubt she was redlining the whole time and i'm like how you doing she's like i'm fine i'm like no you're not like this is why we're talking here and it, like I, I, it's okay to be honest with you. I'm not going to judge you. You know how many freshmen have had issues? And, you know, and I was like, I'm going to have you have a conversation with this senior that's been through the exact same thing. 
yeah. I think this getting to a place where you can be open and honest is huge. Sorry if I cut you off. I didn't mean to do that, but I think it's really, I mean, I think it's really important just checking in and talking to the athletes and just listening. Yeah. And I think, uh, I know I've been in situations where I've heard the same, uh, the same terms and dialogue, how, how are you doing? But it was a lot less sincere. And so I guess an athlete, yeah. an athlete can fish that out. Um, so yeah, it's cool that, yeah, that they're able to be honest with you um, because it is a, they, they do play a lot and, you know, you want to be tough as an athlete, but then there's also being responsible. Yeah. Um, so were there any, uh, I guess, previously held opinions or tactics that you've had to shelf as you've learned more about, about all this? Yeah, I think the one thing is that I wanted to make sure and um, taper and, and not push the athletes too hard in practice to keep them healthy. And um, it, it totally backfired. The opposite happened. We were more banged up. And for sure, we were. I, I was undertraining the teams, and I, I feel like um, that was one of the paradigm shifts I had to make here at Stanford. Is you know the trainers were very careful about load, and I felt like we weren't doing enough. And so um, I, I think I, I held that same idea for a long time of we're going to keep our jumps down, we're going to keep our load down. But I mean, we we lifted we lifted every single day that we practiced. If we could find a gym on the if we could find a weight room on the road, we did. And we pushed hard because what what it does, if you load them up, uh, it, it keeps their testosterone levels high, which we don't love talking about with our, with our female athletes. They don't love the idea of having high testosterone, but it's, it's, it is what it is, and it helps them keep them from getting injured. And, uh, and then we kept our ratio at, at one at the least. So it was like going into the final, our, our training that day, that morning was, we were at a one. So it was as hard as it was for the last 28 days, you know, and that's at the end of Pac-12. We're still going hard. We're still pushing all the way through because we just found that that keeps us healthier and stronger. And, uh, I was, I was totally trying to taper at the end of the year and it was backfiring hundred percent. We were always banged up and we weren't performing at our best. And so I dropped that immediately as I started to do more research on it. What is the one? What does that mean? So, uh, sorry, acute versus chronic. Yeah. Look at acute versus chronic. So that seven day ratio of training being equal to whatever the 28 day ratio, and that's either global RPE or um, global RP or the connects on data that we're getting from a load standpoint. I'm sorry that I just jumped into that. Sorry. No, that's good. Kevin, in your opinion, what does like the ideal balance of, of care of, of being, of having great welfare in mind and then toughness look like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, certainly we, we designed some drills that to, create like have some tough environments where they got to compete and they got to get after it i mean i think defining toughness uh is important like what that means i think when you're playing football it's a little easier because you got the physical toughness volleyball is an interesting sport and for for us trying to define toughness it's more about uh not letting anything distract you from from doing what you need to do to be successful and so sometimes that's an injury sometimes that's um stress in a class and sometimes that's you know like issues at home or uh, your boyfriend broke up with you or any of that kind of stuff. And so it's really about thought replacement and, and trying to, um, and trying to, um, I don't know, eliminate the noise in your head to be able to perform the task that's in front of you. So how that fits in is if, if I can help them eliminate some of that noise and fight some of those distractions, I think that's helping them be tougher. You know, I think it's like toughness. People want to think about, you know, banging chests and like, uh, I don't know. We talked about Vern, like Vern, uh, he he's like I, I think of him and he's just a he's he's a tough guy like he he's physical and all that I don't it's hard to, oh, yeah. it's hard for our players to emulate that but from a mentality standpoint 
uh, I think that's, that's, it's, it's about eliminating those distractions. And so try to help them get through that a little bit and be, yeah. be tougher. That was part one of our interview with Kevin Hambly. Join us next week for part two on student athlete wellness, as well as some other listener questions. Thanks for listening and please tell a friend or 12. <laughs>